Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So this week I want to present to you the world's greatest lick. Um, I did not ask anybody else's opinion. I didn't ask my wife or my kid or my dog or students or anybody. But I tell you what, this was played by Clifford Brown. So yeah, this is pretty much the world's greatest lick. This actually comes from a very famous recording of his and a very famous performance of his, uh, Cherokee on the album Study in Brown. And the break that he plays, the little two measure break at the end of the melody, he plays, you know, fills that in before the chorus starts. He plays this fantastic little line and it occurred to me, this is something we all really need to be working on. And I tell you what, I've been listening to some of the most modern, uh, kind of, you know, breaking new ground kind of players, uh, some of my favorite tenor players and guitar players and things like that. And I still hear in these folks playing this great tradition behind them of Sonny Rollins and of Stan Getz and of Clifford Brown and of Fats Navarro and things like that. So no matter where you're at in your development, these fantastic little melodic devices, these licks, are the kind of stuff you have to get into your playing. And I don't, it doesn't matter how quote unquote advanced you are, or frankly, how much of a novice you are. Learning this is gonna put you on the right track. So I tell you what, let's look at this thing. What you see here, item number one on this PDF, is the lick that Clifford Brown plays going into Cherokee. <laughs> I'm calling that the world's perfect lick. It's, um, it has this fantastic tonal center to it. So it's very much in the key of C, in, uh, in the key that I have it here. Clifford Brown originally played it in B flat. I'm just putting it in C so that we can all look at it in the same key. So it has this fantastic scale part to it. It has an enclosure. If you don't know about enclosures, definitely look back at some of my previous videos find out about enclosures. It has this great enclosure, and then it ends with this fantastic uh, chromatic run from the flat third up to the fifth. And that's a hallmark of so many great licks. And those of you that have studied with me, especially those of you who are on Jazzwire with me, we work on that lick a hundred different ways. Here's 101, Clifford Brown. So yeah, this is something I want you to be working on. And I want to show you how we can use it in some different settings. By the way, send me a uh, email to diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com and I would be happy to send this uh, PD off, PDF off to you. Okay, so I tell you what, let me play this in the context of uh, the song Cherokee just so you can hear kind of where, where he uses it, where he puts it, and then we can sort of go and expand it from there. So there's that line played where that solo break would be. I played the last A section of the tune and that really, really great uh, break. Now, here's one of the things that licks are supposed to do. Like, yes, they're, they're cool. There's something that we can use and, and sort of regurgitate at the correct time and, you know, try to sound cool. But there's so much that they teach us. To me, that's the biggest thing about playing licks. It isn't to, you know, have this thing that I can pull out of my pocket but it's that it teaches me so much. So this lick, um, in, in that spot, that solo break, the chord changes that we would see there if we were in the key of C would be D minor, G7. 
He's not playing D minor and G7. In this instance, Clifford is thinking ahead to the tonality that he's going to be in, C major in our example here. And so he plays a lick that's in that key. He already sort of starts there. It's one possibility. He could have played a 2-5. There are other things he could have done. But in this instance, he was playing um, a really great lick in the key that he's going to arrive in. So, I mean, that right there is a big lesson. I hear people playing breaks and they're not quite sure what to do or it's kind of random or not really sure how to or organize themselves harmonically and melodically. Well, first of all, here's a fantastic lick that you could just use in one of these solo break situations, but it teaches us sort of a more important lesson. So I think that's a pretty big thing. Now, um, if you listen to Clifford's solo or if you look at a transcription of it, you're going to find that he uses this same lick in other places in the solo, in other harmonic areas. He actually just uses these exact same notes, not even necessarily transposing. So there's little elements of this lick that he takes apart and uses in different places. So for me, that really tells me this is something he valued, this is something he practiced, you know, this exact thing. This isn't something I don't think he improvised in the moment. This is something he had worked on. He had under his fingers. It was in his ears. He heard this sound. It would come out at various times in different places uh, over the tune. And it's kind of cool. This lick actually works very nicely um, displaced in time. So he starts it on beat three of the measure. One, two, ba-ba-do-ba-dot, and then he starts. It actually works fantastically starting right on the downbeat. So you can see on the PDF, example number two, all I've done is written out the exact same lick, but written it out starting on beat one. So let me do this. I'll play a little bit of Cherokee for you and listen for this lick. I'll slow down the tempo so you can hear it a little bit better and see if you can hear places where I'm playing it starting on beat one. So I played the lick, um, not as Clifford played it starting on beat three, but I played it starting on beat one. And I did it a couple different times. I did it um, in the first key, then I transposed it to a different key uh, later on in the tune. At one point, I played it over a two five, over chord changes where it really kind of shouldn't work, but it does. And especially at faster tempos, it just sounds like a great melodic lick, even if the notes, we wouldn't analyze them vertically and they all fit perfectly with the chord. So a lot of our heroes would play this way. They, they had these great um, licks like this, that they were very melodic, yet they had a bebop aspect to them, enclosures and nice chromaticism and everything. So it, it's just a perfect lick. That's the whole point. Beyond perfect, possibly the world's greatest lick. All right, now here's another thing, and this is something that I really enjoy doing, is taking somebody's uh, lick or somebody's thinking or their reasoning and seeing if I can sort of recast it in a different way, in a personal way. So I was playing a song in 3-4, and I just tried to fit this lick in. I'm, I'm just going to start it on beat one. I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, it turns out this is a fantastically perfect 3-4 lick. Look at item number three on the sheet. 
So you're probably used to hearing it in 4-4 right now. I'm not sure if you could hear the 3-4 in there, but it actually fits perfectly in 3-4. So now there's nothing wrong with quoting uh, Clifford Brown, with taking a famous break that he played and you yourself playing it. You should never be embarrassed about that and you should do it. But now we can slide it to a different place in the measure. And it becomes less likely that anyone's going to really know that was a Clifford Brown lick. You've already displaced it in time. So now you take it into 3-4. So these are sort of the ways where you can take a genius's sort of idea and recast it in your own ways. Now, there are many times taking a 4-4 lick into 3-4 does not work or vice versa. Does this lick work in minor? Well, I'd leave that up to you to decide. Does this lick work over a dominant chord or does it only work over a major chord? Well, those are the experiments you should do and you should use your ears to try to figure out how to do it. But that's where this start, sort of gets really exciting. Let me do this. I'm going to play the song Bluesette, a great 3-4 song that happens to have some major 7 chord areas that would be kind of nice for this to fit. So I'm going to uh, improvise a chorus of Bluesette and see if I can fit this lick in 3-4. So now you can hear Clifford's lick displaced onto beat one and now translated into 3-4. Let's hear what this sounds like. Right, so in that song Bluesette there, in just 16 measures, I played the lick four different times in four different keys. So I had to practice that lick and transpose it into those different places. And then uh, right as I was beginning the second chorus, I displaced the lick onto beat two. So now I've morphed this lick in a number of different ways. I put it in three, four, but then moved it around inside the three, four as well. So that is sort of, a, yeah, I wanted to give you an insight into, first of all, a great lick everybody out there needs to learn. I want a couple thousand of you around the world working on this lick this weekend. Okay, great. The idea now of how we can sort of get past the lick and see how our hero who played this thing in the first place, what they were thinking or if it teaches us something about the song. To me, that's more important than the lick, frankly. And then this next step of what can I do to personalize it? Now, I will say, sometimes messing around with that theme only makes it worse. Yes, that is very possible. When we're taking something that a genius did, pretty much any change might mess it up a little bit, right? So we want to have that in mind. Just messing around with the time of something can easily make it worse, okay? But I do want to invite you to try this sort of stuff. And a more advanced player, a semi-pro, a pro out there who does this sort of work, that would be someone at Jazzwire in the blue community, may be able to do that. And they've sort of got the, you know, the instincts so that they're not really going to uh, make the lick a little worse by embellishing it. Perhaps they can sort of add something 
personal to it. So I hope you enjoy this and I would really love to work with you at jazzwire.net. There is so much amazing stuff going on in the three different communities. Folks who are new to jazz in the green community, bunch of fantastic intermediates from around the world in the red community. And then we've got some advanced semi-pro level folks in the blue community. And this is the kind of stuff we get to dig in and so much deeper than what we're doing here. I'm glad you're with me here on YouTube, but I would love to see you at uh, jazzwire.net. Hope to see you there. Have fun with some Clifford Brown. Have a great time.